Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, coming to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real-world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Ward, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. What's up, Brian? Didn't ask you how you were. I just said, what's up? The ceiling. The last time I checked, we're not outside, so it is the ceiling that's above us. Trying to avoid the word. Phenomenal. (laughs) Life is great. Life is phenomenal. Life is... That's good. The golden age of time. Okay. Sure. Something like that. Something. It's spring. At least it feels like it today. It does feel like it today. We got up to what, 61, 60-ish? Yes. I got out of work and I was like, I need my bike. But instead I came here to talk to you. That's that's, okay. that's definitely an upgrade over biking. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance to talk to me is, uh, is a glory and blessed day. Well... How do you fit a hat on that head? <laughs> I, uh, hats don't fit very easily. Yeah, I have to get like extra large. I was going to say. I will probably try to ride tomorrow. Wednesday's tomorrow. It's supposed to be a little Wednesday's warmer tomorrow. Wednesday's tomorrow, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the bike is going to go in the car in the morning so that I can ride tomorrow afternoon out, outside. Not on, The trainer's great. Don't get me wrong. No, Love my Garmin Tax. It, it serves its purpose, let me yes. tell you. you know? It does work. Yeah, it but does. it is it is time to get outside and spring is yes. kind of here. I expect it'll be. It might be. We're in good shape this week. I have a first race of the season that my group is pacing will be on Saturday. The tri race was this last weekend. That's right, and That's... it didn't snow. <laughs> it's just because it didn't rain. <laughs> It was cold. It was cold. It was cold. I was not out there. I, w- I was going to go volunteer, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, one of my that. swimmers was in it. Yes, I know. And he because uh, he, he doesn't bike. <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it, yes. and he well, he enjoyed it as not like it's a fun going to like a picnic or something like that, but enjoyed it yeah. in the athletic endeavor inside yeah. of it. Well, I mean, so now he has to he, buy a bike. Yeah, I was gonna say he borrowed a bike, which was interestingly enough Inter- one of my uh, bikes. <laughs> yeah, one of your old bikes. Yes, that you had sold to somebody else that he borrowed. And he told me, you know, when he was talking about, it, he was gonna borrow another. bike. It was a road bike too. Wasn't well, the first bike that he was going to borrow, I was, oh, we got a great bike. It was a beach cruiser. It had like big mat. He's like, no, that, yeah, that's no, not that's good. not gonna work. No. So he borrowed the road bike. And I was like, what kind of pedals? He's like, I'm going to have to clip in. I'm like, have you ever done that before? This is a couple weeks yeah. ago. I told him to just go ride in the parking lot. Well, he did try, he said. But he took my advice, which was just wear your running shoes and don't worry about clipping in. Did he change pedals at least, I hope? I don't know. No, I don't. Because that would have been absolutely miserable. I mean, they would have been. How long was the bike course? Six, seven months. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. When I've, when I've led races, a lot of times I'll ride my road bike, but I won't. I'll wear my running shoes because I know I'm going to be getting on and off and on and off, and I want to click, 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 click. I don't change the pedal. Yeah. It's not the most comfortable thing. No, it is not comfortable at but all. But this guy like didn't even know how to shift gears on the bike, so I really wasn't worried about well, how fast he was going to go. So well, I was just like from a comfort standpoint, even with the the Keo cleat system it's still not a huge surface area you're pushing against no it's not it's not yeah, especially in like tennis shoes where you can just feel everything tennis yeah, shoes aren't I thick. Mean, it, it's I, I didn't expect him to be you know burning rubber on the bike so it's basically get you know I, I just wanted him to be able to get through the bike and not get hurt 
See, and if he was clipped in... You gotta go with it. You guys gotta go. <laughs> you just gotta go for it. Clipped in on a borrowed bike and you've never done it before. Yeah. He was glad he took my advice. So, <laughs> told me that this morning. Like, I took your That's advice and I'm glad I did. So, hey, you know. He didn't die. He That's... didn't die. He didn't fall over on the clips and get injured and not be able to get well, in the he pool. Would, he wouldn't have. If he'd fallen over, it'd have been at the end because he wouldn't have been able to unclip. He may have fallen over at the beginning, right. too, because he couldn't get because clipped. Because he couldn't anyway. get clipped. <laughs> but that's, those are not hurting falls. Those are falls of embarrassment more than they are hurt. Yeah, but, I don't know, didn't you fall like that and break something? Yeah. But that <laughs> that's was... What I thought. <laughs> that was in my driveway. There was a sharp element that I hit. That was a, that was a fluke injury. That was a totally fluke injury. Okay. Because I came down and I hit... What I hit? I hit the edge of something. There was like a an edging right there that was concrete. And I came down and my hand karate chopped that edge. If I had just landed on like a flat surface, I would have been fine. It was a total freak accident. Okay. Because I've fallen probably a half dozen times that way. Yeah. Okay. Because usually... His first experience on a bike, I wanted, you know, wanted it to be... Well, I expected to practice. You practice a few times, you got yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't really... I knew he didn't have time. He had like a week... And the weather was horrible. He wasn't going to get out there on the bike. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Go for it. But you should, you th- this is a triathlon that's run backwards anyway because yes. it's, it's a well, horrible it's time cold. of year. You it's too cold. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, it's run, bike, swim. So, it, you know, it really it's just an experience for him. So I figured it would make it a more positive experience if he wasn't going, oh, I can't get out of the freaking pedals. Well, what he should have done was like going, hey. Do you have any pedals I can borrow? That probably would have been a good idea. I if did you're not gonna, recommend If that. you're going to go down that road, you should at least swap out pedals and find some flat pedals somewhere. Good point. To at least make it manageable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fortunately, it was only that six miles. It was that one loop around the yeah. thing. And, it's, and it's not, there's barely a hill. I mean, there's No, there's bit. no real hill. It's just, I mean, it's still a 20-minute bike. Yeah. So... At least and for him, I had imagined it was at least 20 minutes. I didn't look up the results. Because he was on a road bike in an aero position. So he probably wasn't averaging miles an hour. So yeah, it probably, probably was not. a... If he was doing 15, I mean, six miles, that would have been yeah. 21. I didn't get a chance to ask him how the swim went. He we, said it was very warm. Okay. Which, I've been there, and it is very, very warm. It's uncomfortably warm. I guess when you're getting in after biking, yeah. You're cold. Yeah, you're, you're really cold. cold. You jump in. The water is really, really warm when you are really, really yeah. cold. It is a v- absolute miserable swim. I have, I have done that race a couple times when it's really cold like that, and it's, it is absolutely miserable. It was my first triathlon ever. I would, l- I have considered doing that before, mainly so it would allow me to do like a four hundred IM. I wanted to do the swim as a four hundred IM. That's the only time. People- that's the only time you can pull off the four hundred IM There's because other you come in. in the water. Not really. Not if you separate. I guess. Well, I guess the only time I ever did it, it snowed and we couldn't bike. Okay. And well, so, you're the fat, run, so the fat, right. so the slow runners were the fast swimmers, and it was a mess because I was in the water way before a lot of people. But I, I was a horrible swimmer. Especially like, when the thing uh, gets to the point where it's like a if they if they do like the second race where it's like the five k run and the two loops, I get so much separation there won't be anybody in my lane. When I swim. Well, there you go. Then you can. But who the heck does an IM in a race? Just for the fun of it. <laughs> it's weird. it's a race in January, February. 
It's cold. No one cares. What's... Well, I guess, did they used to have four of them? And just, now they only yes. have three? Okay. Just to say I did an IM in a, in a race. I think that'd be hilarious. Because now the second and third races are run in the correct order. Depending on temperature. It's always depending oh, on temperature. Oh, Oh, okay. If it's 20 degrees out, you can't run it forward. Yeah, no. It has to be in the 40s or right around 40. Okay. You you just you just can't run it when it gets that cold. I've I've been out there when it was 41, 42. That's cold. Well, and the problem is, the better athletes are going to race it like a race. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put on 50 layers for the bike and run. Yeah, they're going to be in a tri suit and they're going to freeze. Woof. Exactly. You're the only <clears> thing. <throat> the only thing I've ever done in those situations is put like uh, gardening gloves, like really loose gardening type gloves. Mm-hmm. Just to keep my hands somewhat warm. Yeah, because you can't put on and regular you, gloves if your hands are And then wet. all I've got are like the little tip covers of the shoes. And you just just freeze. It's just cold. And it's miserable. That's miserable. <laughs> it yeah. is very miserable. Yeah, yeah. But you can do it. It's possible. It's not fun. That's why I don't do it anymore. I've done it once. I'm like, okay. I don't can need to prove it? that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Let's not do that let's, again. Let's not do that again. This is why I've become a fair weather racer. <laughs> yeah. Like, You've gotten that reinforcement. The right August, way. man. If there's a race in August, let's go. That's why it's great. Nationals is great because it's right there in August. Guaranteed to be warm. I have never seen a cold August day. I never have managed to acclimate myself well enough to the heat for running. Oh, so I've done so much running in the heat. that Yeah, I've never been able to get myself. I mean, you just have to realize you're going to be slower and just deal with it. Yeah, it's so hard. Oh, my God. Anyway, so what else would happen this weekend? Let's see. Neither one of us went to that race, but we had somebody that did. Yay. What did you, did you do soccer stuff? Saturday was, I, it was a soccer weekend because Sunday Alex had his last futsal thing in Lexington. We did that on Sunday. But Saturday I've been doing uh, U.S. soccer training. So they have soccer training. Uh, it's, they have multiple levels like all these major organizations mm-hmm. for becoming a certified coach. And they, they start with their grassroots and work up to like a pro-level license. Okay. Your grassroots are, they have one for each of the different major age groups, like 4v4 soccer for the young kids, 7v7 for a little bit older, 9v9, which is what my son is in now, U10, U11, and then okay. U13 is all, once you get 13 above, it's all 11v11, which is full soccer. Okay. Over the weekend, they had the 9v9, 11v11 class, and you have to take two of these classes before you can go and get your D license which you need your D license to be a select coach, to okay. coach one of the select team. And they're trying to bring select soccer to Frankfurt. I'm kind of trying to help out in that. I'm like, yeah, I can be a coach in this. I'm going through the certification process to see if we can go down that road. It's, it's <clears throat> So I got those two done. We had Zoom classes during the week. There was like two hours for each one of those. That was four hours. And then we had four hours Saturday. And it was cold Saturday. Fortunately, it was sunny, so it wasn't like... Yes horrible cold <laughs> i mean i was out in the morning and i was talking we went hiking and i'm with a friend that also has a bad knee and i was like why did we do this at 7 30 exactly. it's gonna be warmer later <laughs> but it was nice <laughs> the first session was from 10 to 12 and that was a 99 so I, my son got to come uh-huh. uh, a couple like one of the, the girls on my team is really good she I invited her she was there and then they had some kids from the georgetown football club because the head coach who was kind of running it the training was mm-hmm. their head coach okay the, the head head coach for all of he's a nice guy 
um, we did like a two-hour session. You go as a coach, mm-hmm. and there's the way they set up for training for soccer now and the way they promote to teach it is you take, they're assuming an hour and a half practice, which, okay, I never had that in the Y. But that's what my son practices in select, an hour okay. and a half practice. And you divide it into three segments. Okay. The first segment is a play segment where you let them play. You may be, okay, let me step back. You Your, your practice is going to have a goal. Let's say we want to score goals. It's going to be our practice. Right. And what I want to work on is finding an opportunity to score, a chance to score, or giving someone else who might have that opportunity to score. So shorter fields, a lot more opportunities to score. You're trying to create chances to score. Okay. And you might throw out two or three key words while they're practicing, but you generally don't say much during that first like 20, 30 minute game session. You're just kind of letting them play. Letting them play. Gotcha. Kind of. Yeah, you're, 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 and you're, you're trying to you're trying to hit some key words that you want to emphasize throughout the practice. Okay. And the goal is to have say three or four key words like, you know, is there a chance? You know, you know plant your foot in the direction you want to kick it. Just a couple things you might want to have that might be good for goal scoring. Right. Do you see an opening to score? Shoot. What do you do if you don't have an opening? Mm-hmm. So you might have a. And so you're supposed to develop some questions around your two or three concepts you're wanting to build. Okay. You have the p- first half of the play p- practice. You, break, you you come back. Well, the reason uh, – I'm just all over the place today. <laughs> you you, pr- you play for about 10, or 10 minutes. And you come in and you ask them your questions. Okay. Your directed questions. And you don't give answers. You're just like, hey, when you're out there, what, what do you do when you get the ball? Do you, do you, when you see an opening, okay. what are you doing? You know, if there's no opening, what do you do? Get them do? to start thinking. Thinking in terms of the question. You don't give the answer. Right. You play for another 10 minutes, and you come back in, like a mini water break or whatever, and mm-hmm. then you ask them again, try to get their answers, and then give the answers that they don't provide them. Gotcha. And then go and play again. It all becomes this directed play of, hey, these are kind of my focal points. Right. This is what we're working on in this part of it. Okay. And then you get to the... The one thing I thought really was cool about that, because I've always done kind of this practice at the beginning and then you play in the back end of it where this is play practice play okay and the one cool thing about this that really piqued my interest is kids will want to show up for practice if they mm-hmm. know the first 20 30 minutes is play they, they don't they want to be late to play. yeah they don't want to be late for that it's kind of like teachers having recess first <laughs> and that also gets them into then you don't have to worry about warm-ups and stuff right. like that they just jump in they run around they're going to get warm yeah you don't have to worry about the they get all a little bit of their social stuff they get yeah they get all that out of their system yeah and and yeah. that to me yeah, is yeah. a really cool concept and that was like oh yeah you, you know they're not going to be Group late management. for practice yeah <laughs> they're not going to be late for practice but the whole concept is you kind of get these two maybe might have like like in ours they had two because we didn't get started until late but ideally as they come in you start playing them in small group side mm-hmm. soccer and then once you get enough you maybe break it at two of them and okay. just let them play like that and maybe once everybody's there you have a quick meeting when you just hey this is what we're doing we're playing small ball we're trying to score goals boom let's go let's go and let's play and then after about 10 minutes you stop and you ask your questions gotcha. let them play yeah. come back ask another set of questions let them play a little bit then you come back and have a practice where you might have one or two drills that are driven towards whatever your goal is, whatever like scoring is a goal. Yep. And then that part of it, you can really stop things. Hey, what were you seeing? What were you looking at? Mm-hmm. Why did we do this? Maybe not. Maybe why is not the thing. What were you seeing? Not, kids are not was good at there? <laughs> right. That has always been my problem. I asked too many why questions. What were you seeing? Why did you make this pass? Just be very specific mm-hmm. with 
the questioning to that person stop do you you know this person over here why are you there why you know if if this person's here and the defender's there we need to find a chance is there another choice for you to go where could you be that would make it easier for this person to get this pass off you can do that level of coaching Mm -hmm. there's more involved into than all this they've got all these different things you, you should do and stuff and then when you're done with the the practice section where you work on that specific technique and, and really kind of provide instruction, mm-hmm. you go back to a final play session, which may be instead of having two small sides, you do a little bit bigger side. Okay. Instead of having like two 3v3s, two games of 3v3, you might have a 6v6 game mm-hmm. to finish out practice where you, again, you spend your time emphasizing Whatever. those core concepts mm-hmm. and you keep pointing them out over and over again cool. and what's cool about that from my standpoint then is, is okay those become your cues for game time as well yes because now those two or three cues are those two or three cues i can use in the game to get them to think and focus on those concepts mm-hmm. and if you have enough if you build enough practices up you can create a you know, what eight or nine ten cues that you can use throughout yeah. a game to direct the game mm-hmm. that's that something they just that, know instantly and they don't even have to think about Right, okay, because they're, that, they're from that, practice. I know what, I know that, what means. that means. That you begin to reinforce the meaning of these words. Because a lot of times I try to like, I mean, I'm not a coach who wants to just micromanage my team. You try to throw out yeah. a couple key concepts. But this mechanism is a little more focused on those words and those key concepts mm-hmm. than I ever was as a coach up to this point. It's, I mean, it sounds exactly, not exactly, but very similar to what I'm doing in college this week. Because <laughs> my assignment is um, one of the, it's called tag teaching. Um, and it says, ask for what you don't want. Uh, ask for what you want. And then the parenthesis it says, don't don't think about elephants, which instantly you're going to think about elephants. Right. So if you, if a child is running in school or whatever down the hallway and they're not supposed to be, you don't say don't running because all they're thinking about is running. You right. say walking feet. You say what you want them to do. And the other thing that, just kind of real quick on this one, was um, people listen to the last five words. Make it as short as you can. So, like, having those quick phrases that you're doing in the coaching is exactly what you want to do. All it's, you know, with any kind of training or anything with any kid or adult or, you know, anybody that you're trying to teach anything to. The yeah. shorter, the better. Yeah, I... My problem with the shorter the better I run into is sometimes I can be too terse. You've got to explain what it is, too. There's the other side of it. Yeah. And I think the problem I've had up to this point, and one of the things I kind of learned from the coaching session is to try to paint a picture of what you want Mm -hmm. and not explain what you want. That way they get that visual of kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about things like, hey, if you have like pennies and stuff like that, put the pennies out in the field where you want them to be. And have them go out there and put them <laughs> they on. They will find the pennies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, I need you in that red penny right there. Yeah. And that puts them in the spot they want to be in. Yeah. But you know, try to create these visuals so that they can see. Maybe spread them out on the field and show them kind of like what you're looking at. Maybe walk them through it mm-hmm. rather than just explaining vocally. Mm-hmm. what you want uh, you know and i mean everybody learns different ways um i'll never forget when i was riding horses there's a woman named sally swift who had a book uh called centered riding and it was illustrations and it was this is how this should feel on a horse and it was like whoa it was you know your your feet should be like tree roots going down it was like wow 
Okay, just really rooted to the ground. And I do really very, really well with those kind of visuals. If you just kind of tell me, put well, your heels down, I'm going to be like, yeah. I don't know what that feels like. You know, I, There's I, three types of learning. There's yeah. the visual, which is like most people. There's auditory, which is a smaller segment. And then there's the yeah. kinesthetic, which is the, what does it feel like? Which is the hardest one to teach to. And is the smallest, pe- there's a, that's the smallest group of people that learn that way. My daughter that is That apparently is how you learn. And that's, a, that's definitely how I learn. And that's how my daughter, my daughter had struggled in school, but the yeah. best tap dancer you've ever seen. I mean, it's like, how on earth do you remember these micro movements? But it was because it was her body and she could do it. She's a beautiful dancer. And yeah, trying to... I like, you know, all books are available on Kindle or you can read it on the computer. I hate that. I've got to have paper. I mean, I can read stuff on the computer, but I don't get it nearly as well. Okay. You know, I used to copy my notes in college. I mean, I would actually copy everything that I did in class and that's how I would study. Okay. Yeah. So you're so, much more of the kinesthetic, which is... Takes the, forever. Which is, yeah, the... Because <laughs> it was like 70% are visual, 20% are audio, and 10% are kinesthetic learners. But we teach something like that. Auditory. I mean, everything. Usually, most, especially like in sports, a lot of it, especially with kids, from what I see, and I've not been the best of it, is using more of the visual. Usually, like with teaching, it's odd. It's audio and visual. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll say it and then they'll write it up on the board, so you can get the visual aspects. Of yeah, it. but at the same, yeah, but for me, it was like okay, I had to write it down. And I had to, if I saw it and could write it down, that worked. If I heard it and wrote it down, ah, no, 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 back, back it up, back it up, back it up. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, because uh, I, I mean, like from soccer and stuff, I you know, a lot of times I will talk about something like space. We need to create more space. What is space? But it's probably easier if I like take five kids out there and like how put them in a group. How much space is there for you? Not much. How much space you know, then spread them way out. So you get the hula How much hoops. space you Here, have. everybody hold a hula hoop. That's your personal space. Well, but in, in <laughs> soccer, I need more space than that. Yeah. I need 10, 15, 20 yards between the kids, and they're all like three, four yards apart or five yards apart. Yeah. They all want to be grouped together when yeah. I need them really spaced out. And a lot of times I think I can use the just the, say, space rather than illustrate and really drive that point yeah. home. You need to have a tank in between you and that person. <laughs> and maybe that's part of what I took from this was that whole let's let's try to focus on it practice one or two concepts mm-hmm. and associate a couple keywords with those one or two one that one big concept whatever it might be and then build off that now the problem in why practice is going to be I got two practices for my first game <laughs> and you yeah. really can't it takes it's going to take me I would think at least probably most of that season six to eight weeks to get most of those concepts that i want to get across so by the end of the season we'll be you're gonna done. have to really pick and choose which ones you're gonna which ones you're gonna focus on because you just especially don't have time. in the early part yeah because you're just not gonna have time so if you've got a group that's all bunching together space might be the first one that you teach you know that you try to there'll be a lot of interesting it's gonna be interesting to see how this this year develops i, I plan on using this concept yeah. and expanding on it as best i can It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I can see how it works because I can. It'd be really, really nice. Except I'm yeah. I can't use thirty minutes. I gotta use twenty minutes because I'm just again I'm sucked down into an hour. You get an hour. Really, yeah. that becomes like an hour and ten because I can. I've always just blown yeah. past the hour. But I like the idea of letting them come in and play first. Yes. Like that's really gonna without be a lot of without, instruction. Yeah. Yeah. And just start. 
Here, you throwing guys go in, there, you guys go there. You and really, go. you're just kind of observing, but mm-hmm. you're throwing in some of your key points. Hey, yeah. look up. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to score. you got to look up. you you got to be able to see what's in front of you. Yeah. You know, is there an opening? If not, mm-hmm. can you pass it? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple, one or two core concepts, and then build upon that as the practice goes, and yeah. then let them f- then finish with once again playing. Yeah. And really drive it home through play. You're, you're trying to drive everything home through play and not as much practice. Because mm-hmm. you don't want kids just dribbling through cones all day. They don't learn that way. They learn no, through play. some kids like that, but they want to. Well, in a sport like soccer, is unlike most other sports in that it is a very dynamic game. It's and it's not very well controlled by a coach because it's played on such a big field and so mm-hmm. dynamic. Where football, every play is controlled by the coach. Basketball, just about everything is controlled by the coach as well. Mm-hmm. Soccer really doesn't have that because it's that big because pitch. It's so big. And it's there's no stoppage yeah. in play. It's always going. Mm-hmm. All you can do from the sideline is kind of provide direction. Hey, these are the things we're focusing on or change your formation up some yeah. if you want. But that's it. The kids have got to be able to make those decisions in game own. themselves. Yeah, Interesting. I never thought about that. That how, how different it would be. I've never coached any of them, so... You know. Well, I mean, like, well, this is like team sports. This is the first time I've had actually had a chance to really get into team sports and team dynamics of yeah. coaching, which is different than the Masters, which, while it's a team, yeah, it's really just a bunch of individuals. Oh, yeah. That happen to be yeah. in a pool at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These days, yes. Oh, my gosh, we have an assortment. Yeah. <laughs> You know, kind of. It's. I was kind of the, this teaching technique that I was talking about. I was thinking about when I was swimming. You know how to how to break down is sort of uh, having your ultimate goal. So like for you guys, it would be you know getting goals. I was thinking about how I cross over my arms. So I was like, okay, I want to be a faster swimmer. This is the piece that I'm going to look at, and it's and it's my arm crossing over. So how what are my keywords going to be? It's going to be reach out. Mm-hmm. And so every time I stroked, I'm thinking reach out, reach out. And the videos and stuff they showed, uh, they were talking about a, a lady was uh, teaching a girl how to high jump. And she was just saying a couple key words. And every time the girl did it, she clicked. And I was like, oh, clicker training with the dog. <laughs> Pavlov. Pavlov. <laughs> that was a bell. And that was a little different. And you was, <laughs> that that was conditioning something. That was well, a you're, little different. Well, you're the clicker. You're still doing some type of conditioning. Because yeah. you're wanting that click. But this was, yeah, this was, it's thing. a way to, way to reward whatever. A way for... The person to know that they're doing it right. Right. Um, I didn't have a clicker because, you know, and yeah, we were talking well, earlier. Like, it's pool, man. Electric shock, man. That's all I need. Electric shock. Okay, that, that has some ethical problems with it. It's just like Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, that, I believe me. I was thinking of that with the. <laughs> that's with a great the... scene. <laughs> bzz, bzz, Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah and the girl got nothing wrong, but since she was hot, yeah, she didn't get buzzed she, once. You're just a genius. <laughs> and he's like, he's a psychic. And crap buzzed out of him. That was funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what not to do. <clears throat> but anyway. But it's just interesting, you know, it's like, okay, that's just one part. I want to, swimming more efficiently is what I want to do. There's a whole lot of pieces to that. But if I were to think about all the pieces all the time, I'm not going to get any of them right. It's too much information. So trying to break down the task or, you know, look, concentrate on one piece at a time. Well, and that's all you can do. That's all you can focus on when you're swimming is 
one thing at a time. And that's always the challenge as a coach, especially some of the newer swimmers, is they wanted all these pieces at once. And you really can't do that because they can't hold it in. Yeah. You have to kind of focus on one thing at a time and, and trying to... And then it becomes kind of a challenge of like, yeah, what is the order you, you teach things in? Yeah. Because some people have certain things right and some people don't. It becomes an interesting problem because the swim stroke is fairly easy to break down. The problem is, outside of electric shock, I don't know how you're going to give that signal to swimmers <laughs> as they're going down the thing. you got to wait for them to finish whatever they're doing before you yeah. can give them any type of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. You're not... If you start throwing things at people... Slingshot. Boom. Well, but then you got to be accurate. That's yeah. what I'm like. <laughs> moving target. <laughs> it was a moving target. That's what. So I'm like, oh, electric shock. They'll stop. <laughs> that was a good stroke. <laughs> no, not good. But Damn. everybody in the pool is going to get it. No. Electricity didn't travel through water. Especially a mild shock like that. You wouldn't feel it anywhere else. Electricity doesn't oh, travel through water very well. It travels well, through the minerals in the water, but it doesn't really travel. Water is actually not a But this is why coaching, swimming, um, companies have come up with headphones and things for coaches to be able to talk to their swimmers. So you, so you don't need mess to with them. them. Mess with them while they're swimming? Mess with them while they're swimming. So, they, just, can, so they can get that feedback as they're swimming. Yeah, it becomes a challenge yeah. to, to provide that feedback and, and to put things in an order that, that makes sense. Putting it in order is probably the hardest thing because but, there's certain things that people can well, cause do. Well, the reality of it is is that, like, because we were watching the video about high jumping, and, like, a lot of those tasks are things that are fairly easy to do on land, where swimming is not, swimming is not something that's easy to do. And it's in a foreign substance, and it takes a lot of reps to get the behavior right consistently. Where like the example you were showing me was like high jumping. Mm-hmm. Where teaching a little girl how to. Teaching a little girl how to high jump and yeah. she broke it down into pieces. But people like are familiar back, with. Reach out. People are familiar with arching back. People are familiar with jumping. Yeah. People aren't familiar with laying in the water and putting an arm out in front of them, rotating to the shoulders a little bit, and then rotating your arm out a little bit and, and doing all those yeah. elements. Because there's like five or six elements that go into the catch mm-hmm. that I think would be very hard to do in that system. Well, I guess that's why, like with me, I know a crossover. So the only thing I was thinking about was reaching, reaching out. Right, and so that's and that's how like, that's how you would do it. You're trying to correct certain flaws one at a time, yeah. and that's a good way to do it. I mean, that's how I'm swimming. A kid swimming coach. He, I was he was lifeguarding mm-hmm. last Thursday or something like that. And I'm like. Well, you're here. There's like one or two people in the pool. There's one or many people. I'm like, well, you can coach me this time. <laughs> here you go. So he was, what was it? He's like, I've got a hitch on my left side where I pick up my shoulder on the recovery phase. Yeah, something you, did you have any idea that you were doing that? No, but once he mentioned it, I knew exactly what he was talking about. It's not yeah. a big deal, but yeah. it could be. It's not a delay. It's I raise it. Okay. I ex- when I come back to the back end, I'll I'll pick it up and then do the recovery where the other side i don't do that interesting just a little pickup but that wasn't the big one the big one was he's like you can get more out of the back end of your stroke so he will you got to get more he basically the the one of the things is he was like you need to get your thumb and forefinger going out away from the body Mm -hmm. rather than most people when they come through their their pinky ends up leading as they come back out the back end okay he was like you need to get that 
thumb and get the thumb. finger pointed so that when you're coming through, you're getting more of that hand on the back end. And he's having me do, he's like, you need to do more like gliding type stuff. Mm-hmm. Pushing through and trying to do all about as, that glide. Try to do as few strokes as possible. So I was doing some of that, and he's like, "See, you're still, you're just as fast, even with the slower stroke rate." Then he called me a grinder. And I don't know <laughs> if to be offended by that or nah. happy to be a grinder. Nah. <laughs> nah. Well, I've been working on that, and a lot of that, some of that's a timing thing as well. Of, of while my timing is better, I'm getting much later with my pop. It can be even later is what I'm finding. So hmm. I'm trying to find that balance, and that's an interesting challenge for me. So it gave me something to work on. There you go. And it just made me a little bit faster. Domino. <laughs> okay. Now I can keep, keep up with uh, some of our faster girls. We've got the, the new girl that's come back that's amazingly fast. Well, I'm faster fast. than her. Are you? Yeah. Awesome. That's because she hasn't swam in three and a half <laughs> she, years. <laughs> she took a three and a half year hiatus and, I don't know, had a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> She stood with me for the first 50 of the 100s, and then she'd fall off. Yeah. She was struggling to maintain it. Jack, the other girl, one of my faster girls, she, I was staying with her. That's I good. Wasn't, I was staying on her hip, but uh, she's pretty fast. She's very fast. Yes. <laughs> she's very fast. So I've got some fast numbers. I'm, I'm keeping up with them. That's that's a good that's sign. Good. But, yeah, it's there's always that one thing and so now i'm like okay get the late pop maybe get my thumb out Mm -hmm. those are the one or two things i'm thinking about when i'm swimming yeah and i so can i do electric shock no (laughs) i'll shock you every time that you're let's uh, go your hand your hands the wrong way well and he was just like now i can see the current coming off the back of your hand there's not before my short my stroke was too short that's basically what that came down to and I'm working on lengthening it. And so the thought process becomes, those are the only things I'm working on. I'm not worried about that hitch at this point or that, mm-hmm. that raising of the shoulder. I may come back to that once I master yeah. the the greater extension on the stroke, but it could be a month or two before I even begin to master that. You know, a lot of 25 and 50 yard swimming, yeah. maybe some hundreds. I'm but still working on apart. my uh, backstroke. I, I didn't do it today. But using the pool buoy and trying to keep my feet from fishtailing all over the place. You know, I've been thinking about that. You got to squeeze your butt. <laughs> okay. And hold that lower half. Hold the lower half of my body. Like you're, you know, trying to yeah. dump. Take a dump. Hold it. <laughs> you said this you needed kinesthetics, man. I am right trying here. to work on the kinesthetic feeling of it. <laughs> You're a kinesthetic learner, so I gotta teach it <laughs> that way. Come on. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> See, I'm, well, I'm I'm trying to adjust my style so to your Linda's needs. So Linda's got to act like she can't poop in the pool. All right. Yeah, he's got to like you got to hold it. So you, yeah, you gotta I don't squeeze think the butts. it's quite that, but okay. It's, I think it's, that's a lot of it. I, I well, and I do it. I've never knew, realized how much I did it freestyle too. I mean, I yeah. I I'm a wiggly swimmer. And it's you're just not it holding is. the lower part. I'm not part holding, of your and my timing's horrible mm-hmm. with everything too. I just I haven't figured out how to how to move each part of my body independently and have that. I mean, when you talk about timing, oof, mine's horrible. But if you're the but, wiggly is you're just not holding the below the waist firm. That's why your legs are starting to fishtail. Well, and part of it too is head position. I notice you know if I stays if I concentrate on keeping the rib cage stiller then i do better as well engage so. the core 
engage the core. Especially the gluteus maximus. Yep. That's what's going to keep your leg. Because I was sitting there playing around with myself. But like, what? what is the cause of it? And yeah, it's just you're not holding your, your glutes holding firm. Glutes. Okay. And that's why the, that, that allows the, the back end to kind of fishtail. I've got long legs and a short upper body too. And so I think it gets to be a little more of a challenge. But I'm working something to work on. My knee's doing better, which is good. I've avoided, as long as I avoid stairs, I'm good. And running. And running. <laughs> Sadly. Can you bike? I can bike. Okay. I haven't biked outside yet. I'm going to try that tomorrow. We'll see how that I guess goes. the first couple of hills will be us. Yeah. Now, I mean, the tax, I do a lot of hills. I do a lot of power. I mean, I was up to 200 today very briefly on the power meter. So, I mean, I did some standing and climbing today, and, and it Low was cadence? okay. Um, 80s. 70s and, 80s, 70s and 80s. It'll be interesting when you're grinding that hill at 50. Yeah. How the knee does. That's, that's the real question. Yeah, I think I can position myself in such a way. If I stand, um, I think I do better and that the pressure is not so much. It's, you know, it's the lower part, the corner of the knee. and. Uh, I mean, that's, that, that's the real trial on a bike. That's, that's where you're going to get knee pain is those low yeah. RPM grinding big hills. Yeah. I realized because we rode, I rode the other day and I had knee pain the next day and I'm like, Will, the seat's probably too low. <laughs> seat's too low. There we go. You don't feel it during the ride. You feel it the next day. Yeah. And then that's that's part of the problem with bike setup, right? Because I've I'm gonna have to that'll change as the year goes on. That's right. Yeah, yours yours changes a whole lot more than mine does. Yeah, I I mine I end up moving my saddle up and down every year. It seems like. Yeah. I'll be leading a race on Saturday, and I'm leading the 5K, so I'm going to have to be moving kind of fast. Not super fast. As long as it's not a hilly race, you won't have any problem. It's a hilly race. Yeah. It's out in Versailles. You're going to have to be able to run up the hills. You just get out far enough. Well, the, fi- the 5K won't be it won't be as as hilly as the, the half marathon's very hilly. But the half people don't run that fast. You're no. Okay. 5Kers and 10Kers can move out. Yeah, I've got somebody else leading those races anyway, so I wouldn't be on the bike very long. The 10Ks, I don't know what it is about the races that I've like done for you. It's like the 10Ks have been the faster run. They like that distance. They've like blown away the 5Kers. There's been a couple times where I've, we've been the lead cyclist. I had to lead the 5K biker behind me because we're rolling off on the 10K. <laughs> it's the same course. <laughs> yeah, and on, well, the 10K and the half on that particular race start at the same time, but the yeah. 5K starts after. No, they start at the same time. Oh, the 5K the and the 10K went, start the, the half, half went, went first. The half went and the 5 and 10K go together. Oh. That's right. And we're like rolling out, and I'm like, the 10K guy is just starting to pull away from everybody else. <laughs> like, Bye, 5K. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. We'll see you after the race. <laughs> You'll get done before me, but, you know, hey, not that much. <laughs> we got a faster pace for sure. All righty. Anything else? No, that's all I got today. That's all you got. That's We've run a long like time it. as it is. We yep. should wrap this one up. All righty. Well, if you enjoyed us on YouTube, give us a like us, right? On YouTube. If you've enjoyed this video, hit the like button. If you want more content, hit the subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell and you'll be notified when we upload new content. We upload content yeah. at least regularly. We got the podcast weekly. We got the podcast. Maybe we'll have some other things as we go through into the spring and summer. We can get yep. outside and start videoing some stuff outside. We need to get some swim videos. And if you're on iTunes, give us five stars. Five stars, for sure. Have a great week. If you're looking for a coach too, check us out at go3sport.com. See you next time.